Wow, it's good to see this number. I found out that, uh, you know, we were going to start, I apologize, we were going to start today, in fact, finish today, on the, um, uh, the pro uh, thoughts on the providence of God. But then Veronica reminded me, with this morning or last night? Last night. Last night. You know we've got another week. That's what we do. Because I was thinking we were having a review next week, but it's, it's two weeks. So that's, that's, that's wonderful. So we're going to do the Thoughts on Providence starting next Sunday. And everybody's got a handout if you don't have that. It's front and back. And um, some Thoughts on the Providence of God, which is always intriguing to me. And it'll take a little digging for you to, uh, to, to get that. But uh, I think it'll be well worth our time. And we may finish on Thoughts on the Providence of God and go, hmm. <laughs> okay. Then, then we, we we got us thinking a little bit anyway. So that's uh, that's for next Sunday, the province of God. So today we're going to uh, finish up. We started uh, Wednesday night, and I, I gave you an exercise on on First Peter chapter five by applying some of the, the principles and lessons that we've learned on how to study the Bible. So, so many people um, want to know more Bible, but they don't know where to start. And, you know, we made the joke that sometimes people just open the Bible and go, we have heard with our eyes, oh God, our fathers have told us. And you go, wait, wait, what? That's not Bible study. So, make sure you study the packet. You know, remember I gave you some books, just some suggestions. Some have already bought some. Right, Denise? Denise wrote me a, a really nice letter on uh, about the class and the books and how she's already ordered some. And I suspect there are others, but I really do a, a, a appreciate uh, Kendra Hart's. And she certainly has one. Pardon? Straighten out the seat. Oh, yeah. It's not Christian books. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, on the back of one of the, the, the uh, one of the handouts, I gave you some places where you can buy these books. And one of them is, <clears throat> pardon me, cbd.com, which Christian book <laughs> distributors. Distributors.com is what it used to be. Yeah. Now you can buy marijuana on that website. <laughs> So, don't say, wait, what's Johnson up to there? Uh, so now, Don, it, that the website you want to go to, you want to make a note, it's called what, Don? Christianbooks.com. The, the actual words. Okay. One word. Okay. Christianbooks.com, not cbd.com. That's down the street here on the corner. You do something, you want to copyright it so nobody steals it. Yeah, yeah. Christianbooks.com. So you might want to make a note of that. And, uh, and uh, I'm glad that uh, Don called. I would have called it eventually when I looked at it, but I hadn't yet, and he called it. So thank, thanks to him for that. Um, I've got um, just, I want to, since we have several here tonight or this morning that were not here Wednesday, I want to take this really quickly and go over. <clears throat> it says general rules of Bible interpretation. And 
and we can't take a long time doing it, but turn to that if you would. And make sure that you study and read that and ponder that and think about that. Um, and one of the first one is, re remember uh, the, con uh, the rules of, of, of context. And someone real quickly tell me what context means. Now, you know, it's not just in Bible. It's in, it's in everything. Context. You know, we, we, when you pull something out of its context, I don't care what you study in history or anything else, it's not going to make a lot of sense to you. So everything that you can study has a context to it. So what, what is context in a, just a real, in a nutshell? Evaluating it in light of the surrounding verses, the book you're in, and the Bible as a whole. Yeah. In this case, thank you. Uh, what book are you in? What's the theme of that book? Um, when you're reading a chapter, what did the previous chapters, what, what were they about? What's the succeeding chapters about? When you're reading verses, uh, in context, go up, I don't know, no magic number, three, four, five verses, and go down three, four, five verses, and to get the flavor, the, the context of, of what you're talking about. People get really in trouble and confused when, it, when they're dealing with the Bible, when they just uh, pick one here and pick one there. You can make it say anything. Isn't that correct? Remember we talked about that? Uh, the Bible says, it does say this, those that stole, steal. No more working with your hands. That's what it says. Oh, well, let's look at the context. It says not to put it on of gold and not to braid your hair. Well, it does say that. But what's the context? What was the focus? If you focused on your outward appearance to the neglect of the inward, that's what he's talking about. Um, and, and there are many instances like those are kind of the ridiculous ones, but those verses mean what they mean and say what they say, but you've got to look at the context. Everybody's good with that. Because when you study with non-Christians, they're confused as I would be as a non-Christian. Like, the Bible is not overly complex. In fact, I don't think it's complex at all. We make it complex. But God, what, what's the implication? If it's com so complex that you have to have a Ph.D. to understand it, what, 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 how does that reflect on God? Poorly. It does. He did not have the ability to write it on a level of the people that He created. And I don't believe that for a second. He wants us to understand it. Ephesians 5. Be not unwise, but what? Understanding what the will of the Lord is. He wants us to understand it. And think about it. What are we going to be judged by on the last day? This book's going to be open. This book's going to be open. And the book of life is going to be next to it. Where our, hopefully our name's written. And that's how we're going to be judged. So obviously we have to understand it. So context. Um, <clears throat> uh, do not accept teaching simply because someone has used one or two isolated verses. First of all, you don't believe what anybody says, including me, especially me, if you can't find it here. Rule of Bible study. Remember that Scripture never contradicts Scripture. If it does, what? Somebody's wrong. Uh, could you both be wrong? Yes. You could. 
Can you both be right? It's impossible. It's impossible. You believe this, <coughs> I believe that, what does the Bible say? Then one of us or both of us is wrong, but we can't both be right because it contradicts what, and God doesn't contradict Himself. That's a, that's a rule of Bible study. Um, try not to hit all of these in details. We've got to move on here. Uh, interpret Scripture literally. Unless what? It can't be interpreted literally. But other than that, you, you interpret it literally. But remember, there are books like the book of Revelation, Ezekiel, Daniel. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. Where we're interpreting uh, literally until you cannot. Until it just doesn't make any sense to interpret it literally. There, there's some of that. Because God wrote... Did God write poetry in the Bible? Did he write a couple of love stories in the Bible? A couple of books? He did. Does he have history in the Bible? Yes. Does he have prophecy of things that he forecasted that were going to... Yes, he does. Um, that, that's the beauty of the Bible. It really is. Um, there are biographical... You know, Luke telling about the life of Jesus. I love the book of Luke. One of my favorite all-time books. He has letters to the church. <laughs> like we talked about this one, 1 Corinthians, 1 and 2 Corinthians, letters to the church. you got problems there, Corinthians. Boom, 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 boom. He needs to straighten those out. Letters to churches. There are Proverbs. Proverbs. The whole book of Proverbs. And there are general truths. There can be an exception, yes. But generally, they're, they're, they're truth. They're truth. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart. Is it possible to depart? Yeah. It is, but it's a general rule. You train your children the way they go. Sometimes even the best you can do, they can fall away. But it's a general rule. That, 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 that's a true statement. So there are proverbs. There are things like that. Um... Let the passage speak for itself. Um, and, and those things you can read. But th that's what you need to, to study and think about, pray about, uh, when, you're, when you're reading and studying a, a passage or a book or a subject. Subject. All right. Now, our exercise was 1 Peter 5. We want to apply these principles. I gave you a worksheet to kind of get you get your mind working. And um, on um, oh, well, before I get one of the things we want to look for in any chapter or passage or book, keywords. Keywords. You know how we'll we'll put it in bold, italic, or we'll underline something. We'll highlight it. Well, God has a highlighter part. You know, if you give me a little poetic license. He has a highlighter, and what and what's one of the ways he does that? Repetition. Repetition. And we we talked about he uses the word in the in the book of First Peter. He used precious six times. The word precious, precious meaning costly, very expensive, of great value. God's using his highlighter when he uses the word. He talks about his son. He talks about us as individuals. He talks about our faith. He talks about the church. Precious, costly, very expensive, great value. 
So that's a key word. Uh, what were some of the other key words that you, you know, words that were used re repeatedly that struck your, got your attention? Humility or humble? Humble, humility. That was at least three times, I think. I didn't count them, but I think that's right. So that must be important to God. Why are we to be humble or show humility? Just what Sean said this morning. That's all we got. It's not about us. Sometimes we, you know, we, we, we get carried away with ourselves, and but it's not about you. It's not about me. We're to be humble, humble with with one another. Yes, you better be humble with him. That, that's a good one. I like that. Elders. Oh, go ahead. Elders. Elders. Yeah, elders. Uh, elders, and he uses different words for elders. Elders, shepherds, shepherds, pastors. Um, Overseers, all in that first four, five verses. Um, and what's some of the while we're there? What's a couple of general? What, what's some of the things about elders there that you can deduct from those first four or five verses? Number one, elders. Plural. Oh, okay. You guys pick up quick. <laughs> plural. 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 There's not one. You see the wisdom in that. God knows what He's doing. Plural. They're localized. They're local. The elders that are among you. What authority do elders have over any other church? They don't have any. Okay, that's a good one. To be willing. Uh, I'm sorry. Be examples. Be examples. Don't ever ask anybody to do something that you haven't done or that you're not willing to do. Don. There's a maturity level which places them above the flock. Yes. Yes. Uh, because he goes on to say, submit to the elders. Now, in, in our society, we're not much on submitting to anybody or anything. It's true. And you don't have to just be young. Sometimes old people aren't either. You're not going to tell me what to do. We've heard that. Well, you're kind of getting in my business. That's our job. That's our job, to look after the sheep. So, those are good. Those are good. What else? Do you see anything else? I like that where it says willingly, not by willingly, compulsion. Willingly, not by compulsion. Don't... It has to come from inside. Nobody can force you to do this. In fact, when you go to 1 Timothy 3, what's one of the first things it says? You want to do it. Desire to do it. Now, sometimes you get knee-deep in this and you go, wait, what, what was I thinking there? Uh, there's a whole lot of, you know. Well, you do it not by compulsion because, because what does he say at the end? I think verse 5 or verse 6 that if you hang in there and you do it the right way, now number, uh, what, what does he say? You're rewarded. You're going to get a crown and it's going to last till 30. No, I mean, what, what, what does it say? It doesn't fade away. It doesn't fade away. Um, I like the word steadfast. Steadfast. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Be steadfast, unmovable. You, you've got to stand. 
you've got to stand. There are times when you want to run. You can't do it. You've got to stand. So many times in the Bible, God says, I want you to stand up like a man in front of me. I've got, I got some questions for you, big boy. i got some questions for you. Sometimes you got to stand. You gotta stand, not sometimes. You gotta stand up. And you gotta you you have to do that for the sheep. Oh, what if that could be what if that could hurt you? Oh well. That's the way it goes. Yes. Did you ever feel like there's a whole bunch of things they didn't tell me about this job for? Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you go. More than once, we've been behind those doors and go, I don't think I signed up for that. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. You did. Well, in, in the previous part of the verse you just mentioned, the chief shepherd yeah. knows. Yeah. That's kind of a neat concept. Yeah, the chief shepherd. Because yeah. he says in some of his parables, I'm the door to the sheepfold. No one get, is going to get to you unless you go, go through me. And when the chief shepherd appears, all of that. So, um, and he says that the sheep hear my voice. In, in, when they used to, when they had shepherds in the old days, and I guess maybe they used to have even here in Arizona, they would put all the sheep in one big pen. It was a huge pen, and then each of the shepherds would go in the next day, with a, if they were in town, and he would just talk to his sheep. They heard his voice, and they followed him out. The others didn't because they, Jesus said, they don't, they don't know your voice. So we know the chief shepherd's voice, and in a local sense, the, the, the sheep have to know the elders or the shepherd's voice. And knowing that they'll be taken care of. That's, that's the first five or six verses. Now notice also in verse 3, we touched on it Wednesday night, but some of you weren't here. <clears throat> Don't be lords over these people now. You're not the master. Don't lord it over them. Number one, and look what's right after that in verse 3. Why? They're not yours. I entrusted them to you. I entrusted these sheep for you to look after, but make no mistake, they're not your sheep. Their mind. Heavy, heavy verses. One of the reasons why he uses the sheep and the shepherd is you can't drive sheep. You can lead sheep, but you can't drive sheep, you know, like you can horses and cattle. Yep. And the sheep have got to follow. An elder cannot be an elder unless the flock follows him. Right. And that works for sheep and it works for congregations as well. If you get a rebellious congregation, that elder don't stand a chance. No. Uh, that's that's true. That's so true. It's true. Okay, uh, what other words? That's that that's our little side tour on eldership. <laughs> Uh, what, what what other words did you see? Submit, submissive, submissive. Submit, submissive. God's highlighting it. You got a little yellow highlighter out. Make sure you all you folks understand that he says. What about anything else? I've got one. Suffering. 
That's used at least three times, if I counted that right, maybe four, but I know three. Jesus suffered. Is that true? Yes. Mm -hmm. Did it last forever? No. He's saying, your brothers, they call it the brotherhood here, that are the Christians around the world are suffering. Does that last forever? No. And he said, you're going to suffer too. And it won't last forever either. It's temporary. Um, or is there anything to be gained from suffering? What? Patience. Patience. Knowledge. Knowledge. Endurance. Endurance. Compassion toward others that might be going. Oh, I like that one. I like them all. A compassion. Heaven. Yeah, heaven for sure. Suffering gives you strength too. It gives you strength. No doubt. All these things are wonderful. But when you're going through a trial and you get through it, and you will. To Teresa's point, a year, two, three, five down the road, what are you able to do better than others? Help someone who's going through the same identical thing. That's critical. But it's not pleasant. God says any, any punishment is not pleasant for the moment. But it produces patience and endurance and all, all these things. Yes. And, oh, go ahead, Mike. No, no, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. <coughs> no, because you're not quite done. I'm never quite done. <laughs> uh, you go right ahead. I need to one, one of the things I always look for whether it's in a chapter or chapters is bookends. Okay. Big thoughts. This one Peter opens up with says he exhorts the elders. I think it's down, I'm just trying to scan my phone, but down toward the end he says I'm exhorting you and testifying these things are true. I'm exhorting, I yeah. am reminding you, I am pushing you to know these things. I want you I want you to get this. And I want to bring one other point up. Uh, I believe Peter was an elder. He was. But he didn't yes. say he was an elder here. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he said, oh, but the elder here. I mean, oh no, not over, not, not over this group. No, he's not over this group. He's talking to all groups. He's talking to all groups. Okay, I got with you. Uh, letter. Uh -huh. He is an apostle and an elder, but he's not saying I don't. I don't have authority over that group, but I have authority as an apostle, and I'm exhorting. Him. Isn't it interesting though that sometimes we maybe don't aspire to to. To be an elder, and, and you know, you have to be willing to do that. But it's interesting that Peter says, "I'm an eyewitness of all these sufferings of Jesus. I saw it, and he was an apostle. Only twelve, well, thirteen. One killed himself. You know what I mean? And Paul, one out of two season. We'll go with that. Fourteen, if you like. Um, but it looked like it'd be a step down. You're an apostle. You're an eyewitness. And oh, by the way, I'm an elder too." I, I think that that means something. I think it lends something to to that work. And it's a work. It's not some office. It's a work. But the fact that Peter was an apostle who'd seen Jesus and all that, but he said, "I'm also they appointed me an elder too in the local church." I just found that interesting. You look at the contrast between an apostle who at sometimes has a dictatorial authority given to him by Christ mm -hmm. to ensure certain things are done as opposed to the elder who is not a dictator but he's a gentle, kind, loving leader. 
supposed to be. Yes, you're, you're right. But like Sean said this morning, there are times he's going to make mistakes. Elders do too. Sometimes we're not as gentle as we need to be. I'm not. And like you said, I, I want to be, but you're not always. Like you said Wednesday night, sometimes things slip through. We're just people. And people are people, and we'll try to put things in place. Yes. And can people exasperate and you? Boy, oh. <laughs> uh, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be great. Can we talk about children? <laughs> kind of like chief master sergeants are always calm, cool, and collected. Really? Yeah. I never saw all those guys, but we'll go with that if you want to. I are one. <laughs> oh, I know. Go ahead, Jim. A couple things. I left my home at home. First of all, when I uh, read this, it was kind of like, say nothing's original, but it's like you're reading John Maxwell or something on leadership, what it is to manage people, what it is to you know, lead people, wanting to do it, not just doing it because it's a position and not for gain or anything else. The second part is on the suffering from my research and the fact checker behind me can check on that. But I think this is the time period of Nero where they were going under a tremendous amount of persecution. They had friends, relatives, people they knew in different areas being killed, being hunted down. Um, not knowing if they should worship, you know, finding places to worship. Now, it's, it's interesting, we still have that going on today. We'll continue to have that. And I think the context part is part of it as well, where we have people in this country even that want to take away the church, want to take the ability to have churches to be able to study. So it all continues to be something original. It, it does. And could that happen at some point? Yes. It absolutely could. They're on the road to that. Hillary had been elected, she said it had already been. I'm thinking how often yeah. the um, attributes of an elder would be good for a father. Head of the family, uh, if he needs to be, have authority and be patient and all those things. Well, it, it says, Timothy says that if you don't know how to rule your own household, how will you know how to yeah. rule the church of God? And that's true. That's absolutely true. It's a good point, though. Um, so we've got any other key words you saw? Suffering, all those things. Who? Verse 8. Verse 8. Use these two together. Sober and alert. Okay. Because in verse 8, who are you dealing with? Context. The devil. Yeah, he's sneaky. He's, sneak he's a sneaky rascal. He's a father of all lies. Um, he's sneaky. He tempts. He, did he tempt Jesus? Oh yes. And when Jesus was at his weakest, after he had eaten for forty days, right? Uh, he tempts us. Guess what? He tempts us. Our weakest. Now, if you don't have a, a problem with, or ever had a problem with drinking, is he going to tempt you with that? No. You got a weakness with something. That's where you better watch out. That's where he knows all that. He's, he's sly. Father of all lies. Yeah. So that's why it says you need to be vigilant and alert, looking around, knowing what's going on. Any, anything else on that before we, before we move on? Okay. Um, number five. I've got there, and I mentioned this Wednesday night, I apologize a little bit, mark time comparisons. And 
And some going, I don't even know what that, what, what, what did you mean by that? Here's what I mean. Look at verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered for a while, for a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So when you're going through a, a, a chapter or, or, a, or a book, look for some sort of time clue. Uh, and it, like we've mentioned, it's not going to say uh, generally, unless it's talking about the, the, the certain year of a, of a reign of a king. It's not going to say now on Thursday this is going to happen October. It's not going to do that. It's going to say um, it. It's going to be uh, uh, what, how do you turn that again? After you've suffered for a while. Oh, what does that imply? It's not going to last forever. It's not going to last forever. You're going to suffer, but it's not going to last forever. And then, look, at God has called us with his, to His eternal glory. That's, that's a little time clue that I was looking for. It's not going to come right out and say it, but look for things like, you know, eternal, a little while, that kind of thing. That's what I was looking for there when you're looking at little time periods or ways to, that, that, that the writer may be marking time, if you will. First now, day of the week. Yeah, first day of the week. I, I like that. Um, we take the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week, and, and but most of the religious world takes it once a quarter, twice a month, once a year. Uh, well, it doesn't say not to. What does, when it says on the first day of the week, how many weeks have a first day? Oh, that'd be all. Of the Old Testament, when he said, "Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy," which Sabbath day was he talking about? Uh, every week that have Sabbath day in it. Now, what could he have said if he said quarterly? What could he have said? God, very capable. He didn't forget. He could have said what? Same thing he did with peace on this day of the month. On the first day of the quarter, I want you to take. He could have said that. He didn't forget. On the first day of the week, that's every week that has a first day. So here again, that's context. That's that's how God writes. Uh, the nominationalist will tell you that the reason why they did it on that day is Paul was there. It was a special occasion, and that's why they take the Lord's Supper on special occasions, not every week. I got Bob Owen in trouble when he tried to bake the subject. Well, I mean, you could pick that apart in about 30 seconds and, and make them look, look, look like a fool. If you, if you want to do that, we won't do it here. But, um, but here again, there's that nitpicking. One here, one here. I thought that meant that because it was a... They didn't say anything about special occasion. Using the word special occasion. You've got to imply that. You've got to go really and do a lot of implication in, in that. But So we won't get into that. But, uh, did anybody... Uh, with their new vines, uh, define the words or or add some of the words. I, just, I wanted, I did that intentionally, so I want you to start being able to define words, looking them up in WD vines. Uh, if you don't know where they go, look up in Strong's. Remember that Strong's I had, um, and you can see what some of the words meant originally. Uh, and what I want to focus on, whether I've only got three or four minutes left. Shepherd. See that word shepherd? 
In the original uh, Greek, it was poimen, P-O-I-M-E-N. You know what that literally means? Pastor. All these denominations have their pastor. That's not biblical. It's not biblical. The word shepherd there, you could, you could substitute it without doing any violence to the Scriptures. Shepherd, pastor, it means the same thing. And if it says multiple shepherds, what is that by implication saying? Multiple pastors. And it even gives us, not one, it even gives us in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, the, the qualifications, if you will, for these shepherds, overseers, pastors, uh, elders, and so on. And it's not some 22-year-old pastor of some... He doesn't meet... That's not, what that, that's not what the Bible means. That's not what it means at all. It didn't mean that in the original. So that's why you need the uh, W.E. Vines to, to be able to go back and, and see what that word meant. But the word shepherd literally means pastor. Now, uh, pastor is what's the connotation of being a shepherd or a pastor? What does a pastor? What do they pastor? Pastor, shepherd, or pastor? Sheep. They look after sheep. Oh, we're back to that again. You see that? It's consistent. You can't pull these things out of its context and say, "Well, this is what it means." With me on that, Rowan? So. So I did not use vines in this case to define them. Uh, I, I went to uh, Webster's 1828 uh, because he uses uh, a lot of uh, spiritual, you know, uh, definitions. His definitions are uh, based on a spiritual focus. And he used, he says, one who superintends okay. Christians. Okay. Or one who gives spiritual instruction. Okay. So he has a lot of, uh, they have a lot of really spiritual type of definitions. Right. And I mean, if I were doing like a, maybe a study, I might use the minds mm -hmm. you know, to kind of go deeper in. <coughs> Did you look at Jude 12? Jude, uh, Jude, Jude verse 12? I have. There it's talking about an individual who. Uh, Feeds with selfish indulgence to pamper. Okay. And if, if you look at what's going on in Jude, that's not a good thing. No, it's not. Uh, in fact, that's a good point. And, and when Timothy warns people about, be careful with preachers, teachers who do what? Who say things to make you feel good and tickle your ear. Some of you got to. That tickle your ear. That's they're, they're not treating the scriptures the way they should be treated. Sometimes, in fact, like quite a bit now, the, the, the scriptures will slap you and get your attention as they're supposed to. You need to change, Mitch. You need to change. Go ahead, Jim. That's what I think is going on in so many of these churches. It's nothing more than a social club. <coughs> and it's going to finish in four seconds every time. If I want a social club, I go join one. 
And they're going to be the church every time trying to be all of those things. The old expression is if it, if it takes a, a, a hamburger to get you, it'll take a steak to keep you. <laughs> and there's a whole lot of truth to that too. <laughs> 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 